Welcome to Inspiring Minds, powered by the Edison Awards, showcasing the leading innovators from across the globe. I'm your host, Jennifer Trammell. On the podcast today, The Dark Web. So why in the world would a legitimate business want to be on the dark web? (laughs) It's a great question. How Bluestone Analytics is providing safe access to mine critical information that law enforcement can put into action. One of our analysts discovered a post. We were able to stop a mass shooting. Bluestone Analytics co-founder Joe DiPlato is here to share how the dark web is shining light on potential threats, terrorism, ISIS, and even the 2022 supermarket shooting in Buffalo, New York. Joe DiPlato, welcome to Inspiring Minds. Thank you, Jennifer. So good to have you here today and congratulations to you and the team on your gold Edison Award. Yeah, thank you. It's amazing. We have a really great opportunity to talk about Bluestone Analytics today and a topic that I think a lot of people have heard of, but probably don't understand on a very deep level, and that's the dark web. So I'm hoping you can give us an overview of the dark web for our listeners who may not have a very deep knowledge of it. Absolutely. Um, So the dark web is a part of the internet that you need specialized software or encryption methods to access securely. It is anonymous by nature. So when you're using the dark web, no one knows who you are or more importantly, where you're actually coming from. So it allows threat actors, it allows people to safely and securely and anonymously connect to the internet and conduct any business that they want to do. And I think the stereotype a lot of people have is this business is illegal. Oh, absolutely. Um, The large majority of the dark web is malicious. Uh, You're looking at weapons, drugs, a lot of human trafficking, um, hackers, uh, scams. Uh, There are good purposes for the dark web. Um, When information is not available to uh, a country that is under a repressive regimen, they're able to access the dark web for news or to get information out. Uh, But those are smaller use cases compared to uh, everything illegal, basically. So why in the world would a legitimate business want to be on the dark web? It's <laughs> a great question. <laughs> well, there's, there's two reasons. Um, so the first is to under, truly understand the environments and act as a, as a large sensor so that we are aware and know what is going on in the environment itself. So without that visibility, without knowing what's there, we have zero ability to detect or predict anything that could potentially be harmful or malicious to us, to our computer systems, um, or to basically our society. Um, The second thing is having access and getting access into the dark web allows us to build that expertise so that we can better help organizations operate within this environment. So we're really talking about threat assessment. This is a way to cultivate the information that's on the dark web and understand potential threats. Absolutely. And that's one of the biggest things that uh, we saw when we got into this type of threat assessments. Not many organizations were leveraging dark web data like we were. Most places that we came across were looking at the dark web purely from a cybersecurity standpoint. What are hackers doing? What forums are hackers on? What malware are they using, et cetera? They weren't taking a more broad approach or more holistic approach and saying, hey, 
what's everyone talking about on the dark web and what are those specific threats that we can then make actionable? Give us a little background on Bluestone Analytics and the evolution of what you've done. Yeah, absolutely. So we started off as a cybersecurity services company and dark blue, the genesis of dark blue was incident response. Uh, we had a, a theory that if we were able to go into an organization once they've been hacked and then show them through the dark web and through other uh, threat intel feeds who had hacked them, um, you know, this would be empowering for them. It would allow them to calm down and then start, start rebuilding their systems. What we discovered with that is nobody cared. They wanted us to fix their systems, right? And they didn't care who did us. They basically asked us two questions. You know, can I sue them? Well, no, because we either don't know who they are or they're overseas. And then can I physically go after them? Well, again, illegal. <laughs> so probably not. Um, so we started taking a step away. And that's what got us thinking about the data in a different way. We're like, all right, what else is, what else is out there? We started pulling back and peeling back those layers and discovered that there was a wealth of information on the dark web that was exclusive of cybersecurity. So again, human trafficking, uh, weapons, um, threats against the United States, threats against other countries, um, terrorists were on the dark web, with, uh, both ISIS, white nationalists, et cetera. So we started collecting that information to see what insights we could derive from them. And then that's where we started getting our traction. We actually found truly unique data that from what we could gather, none of the customers that we were working with had access to. So we discovered that this was a large visibility gap for most of the, nearly all of the analysts that we were, that we were partnered with and working for. And your customers tend to be law enforcement agencies. Correct. Law enforcement agencies um, and then large federal, federal clients. So this information is really vital to the work that they're doing, because in some ways it's a big blind spot if they don't know what's being said on the dark web. And that's absolutely right. So without this information, they don't have a piece to their puzzle to paint that overall picture. You know, the dark web isn't going to solve, dark web data is not going to solve all of your, all of your questions or all of your answer, all of your questions. What it's going to do, it's going to give you additional enriched data that when paired with other data and other intelligence that you have, gives you a more complete picture and then allows you to make a decision or a better decision based on that data. Let's jump into some stories because I think that will help our listeners understand how is this information put into action? So can you share some use cases where the data that's uncovered with dark blue with your web analytics tool has made a difference in our world? Absolutely. So um, this was going back a couple of years, about 2019. Um, one of our analysts logged into the platform and they were doing some analysis and discovered a post on one of the anonymous uh, message boards of a individual saying that they would like to do a school shooting. Um, within that message board, people were encouraging them, right? They were telling them, hey, you can go to this site to buy a gun. This is what you want to do. This is how you stay under the radar. So they're giving him information and trying to encourage him to move forward with it. Fortunately, in this case, this individual gave enough identifying information that we were able to create a report and push this up to some of our government contacts. So specifically, they mentioned the, the middle school that they were thinking of shooting up. They mentioned that they were a male and they mentioned their age. So with that information, 
Um, our team actioned this over to a federal agency who immediately went to the school, did an assessment, and were able to find that individual and confirm that, yes, they had weapons and they were getting ready to do, to do a mass shooting. So we were able to stop a mass shooting. In this case, though, and what was scary for, for us at the time, we randomly came across that. So our analyst wasn't specifically looking for um, school shootings and preventing school shootings. They were just looking for actionable, interesting information that we could push to our, to our government clients. So it, it, kind of, it kind of highlights the power of the platform, but why we've been evangelists to get this in every analyst's hand that we can. The more eyes that are on this, this data, the more prevention and preventative, um, preventative things our customers are going to be able to do. Wow. So this information gave you enough that law enforcement could intervene and stop a school shooting. Absolutely. That's incredible. But to your point, it was almost serendipitous. It wasn't that an analyst was looking for this. It's that they happened to come across this chatter and, and give enough information that you could get it to the right law enforcement agency. That name of the middle school must've been a critical piece of the puzzle. Correct. And it makes me think so often in incidents like that, after the fact, you hear the signs that if those pieces had been brought together, we should have known this was going to happen. We should have been aware of this risk. And you've really filled in that gap of, hold on, the information is there. We just have to go find it in the right place and get it to the right people in time. Correct. Correct. And one of the more recent examples is the, the Buffalo shooting that uh, recently happened at the supermarkets. Um, within Dark Blue, we have posts from this individual. You can search this individual. And I'm not going to say there were all the pieces that could have prevented something like this, but there were pieces there and there's information in the platform that analysts could find useful. And we can start building AI enhanced or machine learning enhanced models to be predictive and provide analysts with more actionable intelligence or early warning systems that will provide warnings to them so that they log into the platform and they can say, hey, or we can say, hey, today we believe this is a threat. You may want to pull on this thread to figure out if there's any other data sources you have access to, or if you can figure out who this individual actually is. It's a little trail of breadcrumbs. And if we take action in time, we can prevent some really significant things from happening. Absolutely. Hmm. I want to talk a little bit about innovation. You know, innovation is at the heart of the Edison Awards and a product like Dark Blue doesn't come about without significant innovation from you and your team. So walk us through just your theory of innovation at Bluestone Analytics and how that factors into your work. We take agile development and simply being agility as basically the cornerstone of our uh, development methodology and our philosophy. So we have to be able to move quickly because the information that we have access to is not going to be valuable, valuable information for long. So with that in mind, when we started developing Dark Blue and making it um, more for the analysts, by the analysts, we kind of use that mantra, we wanted to number one, include them in the process, but find the best features and the, um, the best data that we could to make their job easier, to reduce their pain points. 
So when we started looking at dark blue, we basically asked ourselves two questions. Um, every time a feature came up or a, a customer requested a feature, we asked ourselves, number one, is this applicable to every single one of our, our clients? So are they going to be able to use it? And would future clients find this feature beneficial? And then number two, is this going to solve a near-term issue for a specific customer? And if it hit both of those two items, we said, yes, we're going to develop a couple, or we're going to use a couple sprints to develop this feature and then publish it off as fast as we can. And what we discovered by doing that, it empowers the analyst, it empowers the user because they're looking at the platform, they're happy with it as is, they send us a question or they send us a feature request. And instead of saying, yeah, we can get to that in a year, two weeks down the line, they log into the platform and that feature's there for them. And that's just very empowering to them. It makes their job easier. They can find information a lot quicker. But from our perspective, from a product development standpoint, we know for a fact that that feature is going to make all analyst lives easier. And then we can start pushing that, pushing that out to every single user of the platform. That makes good sense. And from a business standpoint, it makes you even more valuable to your customers because you're really partners in that development. Correct. We were a bootstrap company, so we'd never took any, any outside investment, which meant that the decisions that we had made were, were from the business perspective, life or death decisions. If we couldn't drive revenue, it meant that I would have to start laying my, my tech team off and we never wanted to get to that point. So I would say that's the... Third, third item that kind of went into that decision-making process is, is the analyst going to find it useful? Is it going to be or going to provide actionable information to them immediately? Can we use it across all the customers, all the analysts, right? And then is this going to close a deal? Are we going to be able to get our foot in the door at another client so that that could potentially lead to a future sale? Makes good sense, especially in those early days you have to make sure that the cash flow is there, the revenue is there, so you can keep going to help more clients going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about challenges. You know, there's speed bumps in any project, especially something like this, where you're really developing it for the first time. What are challenges you and the team have faced along the way? We faced every possible challenge I think that there could possibly have been. <laughs> Funding issues, technical issues. Um, first on the on the contracting side. So we were awarded some contracts and uh, this was back in 2017, 2018 uh, during the Trump administration. Once we received word that we won the contract, we started hiring. Um, unfortunately, that money was then appropriated for something else. So it was taken away from the contract that it was awarded to or the government agency was awarded to and appropriated for a, a different a different purpose. But by the time that happened, right, this was like a week away from us actually starting. And we had hired, we'd hired about six or seven people on at that point. So we had to start scrambling and trying to figure out, you know, these individuals, these six or seven people just quit their jobs, trusted us and came over to our company. How do we ensure that they either land with another job, get their job back, or ideally, maybe we could wait this out Let's see what other revenue, uh, what other items, what other things we can do to drive revenue to keep these individuals with their with their jobs, and that's what we did. So, um, you know, I I say that as a as a challenge. It ended up giving us the ability or the opportunity to 
do other revenue streams for our business, cybersecurity services specifically, but then take all the profit from that and invest that into the product development, right? Because we still have these analyst contacts and now we have the product team that's directly interfacing with, with the clients or with customers and then developing a, a tool again for them that's driven by them. So that's on the like political revenue side, you know, there, there's always going to be cash flow issues and you can never, <laughs> even once you win a contract, you can never be guaranteed that you will fulfill or actually get that contract. Um, ultimately it took about six months, but we did end up getting, getting that contract. It did get us funding again and we were able to move forward on the technical side. Uh, we encountered m multiple issues. Um, number one, there's very limited information out there about the dark web. So, specifically when you want to access the dark web or when you want to scrape the dark web, when you got, want to gain access to specific parts of the dark web, there's no data out there. No one else has really gone through and, and done it. Or if they have, they're not publishing the information out there. So when we're, look, when we're looking for or asking questions on Google or on Stack Overflow, we're getting zero responses back or we're getting like three results on Google and two of them are in Chinese. So you're like, this is not, I'm going to have to figure this out on myself or on my own. Um, that was a, that was a big challenge, but then that is what truly allowed us to innovate, right? We built something called a, a CAPTCHA solver, uh, which can take a CAPTCHA, you know, the, like the little images and the, uh, the, but, uh, the buttons, and it can solve about 90% of the CAPTCHAs that are there through machine learning, machine learning means. So we would have never gotten there. We would have never gotten to that point had we not been forced to kind of innovate in that, in that sense. So then lastly, um, we were stealth for a very long time. We did not want to talk about what we were actually doing. So how do you market if you can't market yourself, right? Like we didn't have, uh, we didn't have a, um, our marketing manager. We didn't have a large social media presence. If you go back to our website uh, from, from a couple of years ago, we didn't even mention that we did dark web or what we did on the dark web. We may have had like just the word dark web at some point, but it was more associated with that, that cyber use case. So we had to figure out, we have this unique product. It has actionable information. We know it's a visibility gap. We've already built it and worked with analysts so they know it's going to solve their pain points. How the heck do we market this to the appropriate crowd? So we had to figure out a way how to do that um, without, without publishing too much information on the open internet. Makes sense. Let's talk a little bit about the fear factor. And I, I guess when I say that, I mean the fear of the unknown. So you have to get a lot of people lined up to sign off on a project like this, to award a contract. And that includes not only the law enforcement agencies, uh, but maybe legislators or um, local decision makers. How do you get people comfortable with the fact that we are going to dive into the dark web? Yeah, that's a great question. So there's multiple ways that, that we do that. Uh, the first and most important is education. So we have intro to the dark web courses that we can provide to um, both analysts as well as decision makers and legislatures, legislators. So they become familiar with what the dark web is and kind of once they're more knowledgeable, they become more comfortable with, uh, you know, with the actual dark web. But a lot of people just assume that by 
connecting to the dark web, all of a sudden you're going to be infected with malware, have all these viruses, have all this illegal content on your systems. And that's, that's not the case at all. Um, you have to, as a user, do something in addition to connecting to the dark web, right? So think back to like the early 2000s when um, Napster and oh, what was the other one? The, the file sharing programs were out there. Um, when you're on the dark web, there's still viruses. I think like LimeWire. Does that thank sound you. familiar? Yes. yes. LimeWire. <laughs> Good old days. Um, you, you have to download something and then run something, right? So if you connect to the dark web and you're browsing the dark web, it's not like you're going to, your system's going to be compromised and you're randomly going to start attacking other systems or all of your information is going to be gone. You need to physically download something, run that thing on your machine, and then you're infecting yourself. But people should be more security conscious than that, right? If you know you're connecting into a hostile environment, simply assume that everything that you touch is going to have a virus. Therefore, you know, just don't touch it and, and don't download it. Um, the second thing that a lot of people are uncomfortable with with the dark web is the images. So it is the only place on the internet where you're, you can accidentally stumble across gore, porn, and uh, child sexual abuse material. So we had to figure out a way to allow analysts to search the dark web without getting exposed to any of, any of those images or videos. So we were able to you know, build solutions through both um, our development team as well as uh, machine learning to alert and warn analysts if something contained a, I'll call it a, just malicious imagery, so that they were aware of, hey, we can avoid this if we want to, or if that's your mission, like if, you're, if your focus area is human trafficking, then it makes it very easy to filter down on those, on those specific mission areas. Do you have some other stories you wanna share with us about um, specific use cases and how we've seen dark blue in play? Absolutely. So one of the big ones or two of the big ones that we have um, that have happened over the course of, I think the last like six months or so. Um, so Lapsus is a hacker group that recently came to um, prominence within the, within the cybersecurity and dark web community because they were able to, to compromise Microsoft and publish Microsoft information out there. Um, one thing that I can't, we can't emphasize enough is within dark blue, what we're doing is we're not removing information. So once we scrape and have that information, it persists and it exists indefinitely within the platform. So we have actually have data that's going back to 2001, not because we started scraping in 2001, but when we access some of the chats, some of the forums, they had data going back to 2001 and we were able to grab it. But the, this provides, and this gives you some um, great ways of looking back historically to what was happening within this environment so that you can correlate data from the past to what is currently happening. And we saw that with the, with the Lapsus group. Um, we were able to pull historical information, historical data, and find um, one of their users on the dark web. We were able to link that user to, I think, three different accounts um, on three different forums, simply because they use the same Jabber and they used a, another um, username, user handle on different accounts. And we were able to attach all of them together. Those posts are gone, right? Those profiles don't exist anymore. So without all that historical information, 
that analysis would be completely gone. And our, our government, our, our law enforcement officers would not have access to that information. Again, that visibility gap would be, would be there for them. They wouldn't know that um, this hacker actually had two other identities and was running on um, multiple different forums. By bringing that all together for them and having that historical information, it allows them to build a better case and ideally de-anonymize that user because eventually they're gonna make a mistake. So what's your vision going forward? I mean, would every government agency and every law enforcement agency across America start their day by sitting down at, at a product like Dark Blue? So there's, there's two things. Um, the first is making those decisions, empowering the analyst, right? Augmenting the analyst. I don't wanna say that every single analyst should every single morning sit down and try to find the evil. We should make it easy for them. They should receive an alert, text message, email, a message in the platform as they log in. Here's the actionable leads for your mission or for your focus area today or this week so that they don't actually need to do anything. They don't need to do any searching. They can simply click that uh, email. They can click that warning and all of the information that they need is presented to them on the screen. And then they can decide to move forward with an investigation in a case. Um, the next thing is, is crypto and cryptocurrency. So as, we, as we're aware, crypto's big. Um, it is the currency used on the dark web. So if you're going to do anything on the dark web, whether it's purchasing, selling, um, being a vendor, you are going to use some form of cryptocurrency. So we need to figure out a way within our platform to better link and better display this information so that again, when analysts have or are presented with alerts, presented with warnings, they have enhanced data to better make a decision. So think about it from this perspective, instead of getting a cryptocurrency address and then they need to go out to a third party or go out to an open source, um, open source tool and query that address, see how many transactions that it has, see, uh, what exchange has been associated to bringing all of that together so that the analyst not, is not doing anything other than, okay, this is all the information I need to write up my investigative and report and then send a subpoena over to this specific exchange for this exact information, right? I hesitate to use the word, but we're trying to, we're trying to make it like as easy as possible so that investigators can spend time actually chasing criminals and threat actors instead of trying to find them within, uh, within these environments. Um, and then lastly, just like liberating the data and unleashing it and unlocking it with open architecture. So exclusively of, of dark web, right? Dark web is just a piece of this, right? It's a piece of the puzzle, like I mentioned earlier. We want to give organizations the ability to take all of their data holdings into one place and then generate actionable insights with everything that they currently have. So it's not specific to just the dark web. <laughs> Imagine if we have, um, we have a, a handle or an email address that, that's on the dark web, but this organization also has been tracking that email address through another investigation or another tool or an open website, and they're blind to that right now. We bring that into one single interface, one unified interface where that data is liberated. They can see that, hey, this office down in Florida is also tracking this person. Let me call up that agent. Let me call up that investigator and say, hey, what's going on? Where does this currently stand? It allows 
It'll, it will allow our agencies to more collaboratively work together so that we don't have multiple distinct field offices, right? Doing the same exact work, um, kind of wasting resources. By enhancing that collaboration, hopefully we create a situation where we're stopping things before they happen, not seeing hindsight 2020, we could have prevented this if the right people were talking to each other with the right information. Correct. Yeah. It's like, like where we're going towards is we're trying to build an interface that is intuitive, that acts almost like a digital assistant for those, uh, for those users, right? So we build in the automation, we build in the AI to assist the analysts. So they're not drowning in data. They are not trying to correlate stuff with Excel sheets or note like paper. Um, it's basically technology built for the analyst by the analyst. So they can do what they're hired to do instead of wasting time analyzing information. Well, congratulations and congratulations to you and the team on your Edison Award. Perfect. What does that mean to you, you know, to be recognized with an Edison Award and to reach gold? <laughs> it's, um, words can't describe how myself and, and our entire team like felt. We were just uh, stunned really when you're developing something, when you're building something, right? We didn't set out to, we, we set out to solve a problem, like a problem that we saw, a pain point that we wanted to solve. We never in a million years thought that we would build something so unique that it would, that would win an Edison award, number one, or number two, that it would get us gold at the Edison, at the Edison awards. It's just, it, it's crazy. It's still surreal, to be honest. Well, bravo. And thank you, Joe. Thank you for shedding light on the dark web to help us all understand what it is and how the information there can actually be really valuable to preventing threats in our world every day. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. You've been listening to Inspiring Minds, powered by the Edison Awards, showcasing leading innovators from across the globe. I'm Jennifer Trammell. Thank you for tuning in, and we look forward to having you join us for our next conversation with another inspiring innovator.